can out shit show our talent. This is Tall Can Audio. <laughs> Away we go on an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. This is one of those ones we haven't really done in a while as I continue to get old and tired. It's a late-night edition of the podcast. My name is Matt Robinson coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Checking in tonight from the big smoke, the Ocho, Matty Lang is here. What's happening, buddy? How's it going, buddy? Are you getting the discounts on that seed you're getting, or like, what's the deal there? <laughs> not that, quite, it, not quite, but I'm feeling that way, right? Like, I'm feeling like they got to be close. Uh, and is it just Swiss Chalet now, or like, is there multiple places? Oh, like Shoppers be- Drug Mart will give you like extra time to shop. <laughs> There's like deal days, and like, I, I I don't remember the whole thing, but it I hope you're not shitting you on. I hope you're not shitting on Swiss Chalet either, right? Like, that's a <laughs> that's a quality meal, it's man. An institution. <laughs> Um, we've talked about it before, I think on the show, but back in the day when I was living down in Belleville there in the old college house, most, not most, but a lot of Sundays we would order in Swiss chalet delivery for dinner because it was the only place that would deliver mashed potatoes. And we were often hurting very badly (laughs) from the weekend that we'd had. And you wanted that, that mashed potato to kind of soak up the damage you'd done. Right. So Swiss chalet was a go-to for a while, man. (laughs) I mean, listen, I've never been on the level of needing mashed potatoes. Oh, it's a brilliant cure, buddy. Like, it'll do you right now. I got old early, though. I I don't shy away from that. So (laughs) that happened quite a while ago. Uh, We're on Twitter and Instagram at Talk and Audio. Make sure you give us a follow there. Maddie is on Twitter at Matthew Lang. He is on uh, uh, Instagram at underscore Maddie Buckets underscore. We'll put all these in the... uh, In the show notes, says there's a, there's a lot of handles. Uh, the Swish Club is out there. You should check all that out if you're into uh, into card betting or betting trading and and these sorts of things. Uh, you will also notice though, yeah, on Maddie's social media feeds, a lot more. Betting there's a lot content. of betting. There there's is a lot, lot of betting. Yeah, there is that going around too. So uh, Maddie's got you covered on all kinds of fronts. We'll make sure his social links are in the uh, show notes. I also want to let the good listener know that uh, on Sunday. With Rob out of town, we got a new guest coming in studio. Not a new guest to the show, but a guy making his TCA studio debut. Graham Nichols is going to be in here. He's been on the show a few times. Uh, most of you know him as the Sixth Sense, uh, but he's going to come in. He's going to hold down that uh, Monday morning time slot for you, uh, like Rob normally does, and and we'll get his opinion on all kinds of things, whatever's in the news at that point, including Maddie. I know you saw this on Twitter, just like I did. Uh, the rumor tonight that uh, we may have a bidder. Uh, a guy working against us in our attempt to buy the Ottawa Senators, which apparently are up for sale. Uh, you and I had planned. We were talking about this first. This Honestly, guy is man. big on Twitter. Yeah. He clearly saw us. Obviously. Obviously. He 100% stole our business plan. So we were going to uh, purchase the Senators and then move them like any sensible new owner would out any of Ottawa. Any sensible man. Yeah. Would uh, move them down to Bob Cajun, and uh, you had uh, you had already come up with the the new marketing scheme, the new name of the team, the Bob Cajun Constellations, my friend. It just rolls off the tongue. It had to be a, right. a little ode to Canadiana. Of course, I, I, right. th- I thought it was foolproof. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. Uh, so whatever, uh, Ryan Reynolds, we will see you in court um, <laughs> as uh, he's apparently trying to get in on. Uh, on our uh, our attempts to purchase and, and move I the team. I am not scared of Deadpool, okay? okay. I am not. <laughs> so uh, one thing I, I did ask you to look up while we were starting this up, can he 
afford this. I'm sure he's a very well-off man. I'm sure there'd have to be business partners. But this yeah. is just breaking as we're starting right now um, that he's one of the guys who's interested. What is Ryan Reynolds' net worth, Maddie? Okay, so as of as of this month, it is $150 million. Yeah. So a little light, yeah. a little light. He might actually still need us. He may. Like maybe he's he, just want he'd want to get in on this uh yeah. this Bob maybe, Cage yeah, idea. Maybe he saw our idea and his idea is like now to come in, we might be getting you know, I take it back, Ryan. I take it back. We can be friends. <laughs> we can maybe work together, we can work something out. Um we can maybe get into the Avion gin business as well Ooh. with you, whatever whatever he needs. Whatever he needs. Um I have a feeling though, he would be able to if you if you've watched any and now I haven't I've only looked at it as like a business article but Wexford United I believe it is in the fifth division or sixth division of the English soccer league okay. are you familiar with this story no not at all <laughs> no, okay you, no, no. you would be amazed at how little attention I pay to the fifth <laughs> division of of soccer I, I mean honestly I truly am um, <laughs> so I mean the story goes that him and uh, one of his other buddies in the entertainment industry they actually came up with a, a, a pretty brilliant idea actually um they approached this I, I believe it's wexford or yeah i think it's wexford let's go with that anyways they're the third oldest team in england okay or third oldest surviving team i suppose in england they are in the fifth or sixth division so very low tier team i mean it's basically semi-pro at this point and but the it, it's kind of like the Green Bay Packers. The t- the town actually owns the team, right? Okay. And what they came in and did uh, during COVID is they said they came in and they approached him and said, they said, "Listen, we're going to we'd like to buy the team. We are going to invest in a team, and we are not going to move the team. And you know we'll sign the contract that says this." But what they've been able to do, and you might be thinking, "Well, why the hell would these two guys buy this team?" Yeah. They. First things first, right? You talk about if you're advertising, just like sports teams and uh, you know all, all the networks do. He's advertising every project he has through that project. Okay, so, so it's now Avion Gin, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Avion Gin is now the proud drink sponsor of this team, for instance. And I'm sure next year Deadpool will somehow make an appearance on some format um, because it's him. He can post about it, and his buddy can post about it on their Twitter, on their Instagram, draw viewers in correctly. Yeah. Um, you're also, and this is the smart part, they also signed a deal to have cameras film the process of them taking over and building this team back up. So it's now also going to be a series, like yeah. like the F1 series. or Exactly. Like, yeah. So my understanding is they've already sold that for more than they actually bought the team for. <laughs> okay so at this point so it's just a art. promotional vehicle yeah. he's doing okay i don't know if you can do that with the sends because you know like unless they move him to bob cajun right and again if not you know if they don't call us you'll be hearing from our lawyers <laughs> i suppose um i i don't know if him and blake i know a real ball well buster of a lawyer who will yeah. uh, get, get in on this so um, <laughs> she'll she'll love the promo too. no doubt yeah uh yeah it, it, it's an interesting story we'll see where it goes obviously he would just be the front man there would have to be a much larger investment group behind him i think uh they said the minimum the sends well they valued the sends in an article this week at 650 million dollars uh, a lot of the guys that kind of cover the team and and cover the industries think by the time it was all said and done you know maybe more like 
750, 800 is probably what it would end up being sold for in a Canadian market. So he doesn't have that kind of cake laying around, but he would be a very popular, very kind of cool, hip front man to, to lead an investment group that maybe would really help win this market back yeah. over. So, yeah. And, and what I know is if they're looking for a new arena, mm-hmm. you don't actually need an arena with a dressing room. That's that's like <laughs> something the NHL is doing now is they're just building dressing rooms. There's just tarps, yeah. just 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 curtains hanging around. It's yeah. apparently totally fine. So um, that's a, that'll be a story we'll follow here over the next couple of weeks. But it's not what we're here to talk about tonight. But uh, do stick around for uh, for Graham Nichols coming at you uh, for the first time in studio. That'll drop on Monday morning. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Maddie, I don't know if you brought anything to the table this time. Do you got a beer to sip on here late night Wednesday? Yeah, I've, I've got this. Um, it's, it's something forward today. I believe it's pronounced uh, Kuaz Light. Oh, God. Um, what is happening? A little, a little something different what's, today. What's Kuaz, I believe, is uh, the <sighs> pronunciation, if you look it up on online. It uh, comes in a nice silver can, almost like a silver bullet. Oh, God. You know, it's, it's, it's a night. Do I not rip on you enough here frankly. over this already? Is this, <laughs> this is maybe the worst thing you've ever brought. It's you. Wednesday. You could have just <laughs> made something up and like we didn't ever know. But, uh, uh, I got one sitting here too. It's one that uh, Ottawa uh, craft beer fans will no doubt know quite well and, and maybe other people across the province as well. This is from uh, the Big Rig Brewing Company, formerly owned by, uh, as you found out on episode 1000 when you were up here, uh, formerly owned by Chris Phillips. Uh, but, uh, he apparently no longer part of the, uh, part of the fray. Uh, but this is their alpha bomb IPA. So we're going to give that a shot. I don't know that I've had this one, uh, before tonight. Um, we'll, uh, we'll go with that. Maddie. we are coming off the heels. We got a bunch of things to talk to, but coming off in the heels of a Leafs victory, uh, John Tavares with four points. That is some captain shit as, uh, they come home with blood in the water. <laughs> um, but it's been quite a week of, of takes. Uh, many hot, even more cold. Um, but they had had a bad road trip, no <laughs> doubt, a bad trip through uh, California. Um, what were you think? And and maybe you still do. Maybe not much has changed. But what was your take on the team's start so far before tonight's you know victory? And if anything, you know what did that change for you? I have been on record many a time on the show and not on the show, just saying to everybody. October hockey doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> okay, it's a long fucking season, guys. No, listen, we all want our team to win, right? But again, and, and I don't know what changed about the expectations this year with Leaf fans. And I get that some of the losses have been a little tough. You know, that West Coast swing never does well for the Leafs, let's be honest. I, you know, it's different that it was at the beginning of the season right now, but we never play well on the West Coast, especially by the end. And we've always got a stinker against the last place team in the last two games. It's okay. It happens. Like this is, you know, they are trying to find themselves. We know that. But you you want a team to go through adversity. You want a team to find themselves. You want a team to work through something and build an identity. And that does not come with winning every game 5 nothing, like everybody on Twitter wants to see. <laughs> yeah, we want them to come for Like, yeah, listen, every Leaf fan wants them to win. But I'm not going to lose sleep over the fact that Austin Matthews had a little bit of a slow start. Because the last two games, guess what? He scored. And he's going to score 50 goals again. (laughs) It doesn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, the calendar is going to flip. There's going to be snow in December. Austin Matthews is getting 50 goals. 
right? What what matters to me is is do we see maturity come as this team grows throughout the season, right? Do we finally see John Tavares grasp that leadership role that I don't think he's truly really hmm. had a hold on that like we want to see? Um, do we see Austin Matthews take that next little? I mean, it's hard to argue with a guy who's you know who should be a perennial heart candidate, a perennial Art Ross Trophy winner. But, you know, can you take that next little step to score the goal when you need that goal scored all the time, you know? Or, or at least put fear in the other team, kind of like Ovechkin has done for over a decade, right? Can we see the the Nylander and the Mitch Marner or whoever else you want to put in that role say, do you know he's going to come up with that? Like, he's just going to be a sneaky little pest that's going to score that goal dirty in front of the net every once in a while. That's what we need to see, right? And we need to obviously go through those saying, we need to see if we can figure out this fucking defensive mess. <laughs> if there's any problem with this team, it's what the hell are we doing on defense? Mm-hmm. But again, this is not the team we're going to end the season with, right? It, it doesn't matter. It's not how we're going to end the season with it, it. That will get sorted one way or the other. It always does. Every, the last three years we've entered going, we can't fit anybody into the cap. And then Dubas makes three or four trades by March every season. So I know it's a little long-winded. So what have I seen? A team that's up until today was four and four. You know, a little disappointing they weren't six and two. Okay. But, you know, as is life, we move on. Um, it's funny. I, I, I sat here on, uh, on Sunday afternoon and recorded uh, with Rob, and that was before the Ducks lost, where they blew a 3-1 lead, and Mitch Marner went through his little temper tantrum down the hallway and smashed his stick. And I got to tell you, uh, actually, much like this this Alpha Bomb that I'm drinking right now, I was pretty disappointed in the team, to be honest with you. (laughs) She's okay. Um, And you have a, probably a healthier look at this with saying it's still early and it's October and, and it's all true, but in my opinion, like some of the stuff that we were seeing was, was kind of alarming, right? In terms of, it, it wasn't like last year where sometimes you were playing pretty well and it just didn't go mm-hmm. your way or you got goalied or, you know, it, they just weren't looking very good, honestly. And, and, I think they'll find it, you know, like we've all talked about when they, when they want to, they can get up for a big game. And this, the natural argument to that is, well, why can't they win in the playoffs? And that is a totally fair question. And, but man, I, I just, I, I looked at some of the stuff that was going on and they just looked pretty uninspired and, and pretty disinterested. And yet I was, you know, I, I'm often one of the guys who comes on here, uh, short of the playoffs and says, Settle down. It's okay. It's whatever. And that Sunday game changed some things for me just in terms of, look, I wasn't quite to the point where I was shitting my pants like so many others had done all week here in the media and on other platforms and whatever. But yeah, you did start to look around and go, what's happening right now? Right? Like, and how do you divvy up the blame? There is some injury trouble on the blue line. Obviously, uh, Muzzin going down is huge. Even Lilligren, who was very good through the entire regular season last year before Keefe decided in the playoffs he wasn't tough enough. And look, that was a reasonable enough thing to do. It was his first playoffs, but you do have to get that experience at some point. So the defense is in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. 
but you can you can put that a bit back on Dubis and say you came into this betting on Muzzin again, who you know has an yeah. injury history and he's getting older. Um, the goaltending, honestly, has been the thing that all summer all of us worried about and said was going to be a disaster. Samsonov has been everything you could have asked him to be thus far. He has been totally fine. Is he going to win a Vesna? No, but is he? Just, like, is he more than what this team needs? Yes, he he had. I don't know if you want to bank on that all year. But again, part of that comes back to Dubis, where you go, "Hey, man, this is the goaltending you rode in with and and put four and a, or four point seven or whatever it is million dollars on Matt Murray, um, knowing he may not make it far." Uh, you know, there, some of the, the the pieces there in the bottom six weren't working. Um, again, that that's. That's Kyle Dubas. Everybody knows. I've said over and over for years on this show that I I agree with the way Dubas uh, approaches the game and and looks at things. But man, there was some alarming trends. And yeah, all those things you said are true, that it's early and they'll build and they'll find it. Um, But yeah, I was irritated. I was, and frankly, concerned. Um, And by the time they got home on uh, overnight, Sunday night, and I woke up Monday morning, uh, everything was burning to the ground already as it pertained to social media, as it pertained to the real me- And then my attention entirely turned to that. We've talked enough times on here that you know it drives me crazy the way this team is covered. Um, yeah. The media on Sunday... The media, man. On, uh, on Sunday <laughs> night out in Anaheim posted a th- uh, put out a request for Kyle Dubas to speak. And he declined because... Of course he did, and we'll get into that in a second. But that became the story. That was the trap, right? Either Dubis speaks now, and for the next three days, because they weren't going to play till Wednesday, we'll be able to talk about everything he said, or he doesn't mm-hmm. speak now, and we can talk about how he's hiding from the media, and no one, there's no leadership here, and he won't speak. It was a trap, and it was a completely transparent one, because he yeah. never speaks. He speaks like four times a year, and you can agree or disagree with that in terms of whether that's the right way to lead, but he doesn't just come out all the time. No GM does. And the fact that you decided at 11 o'clock Eastern time on a Sunday night in Anaheim with a cross-continent flight still to go, that you were going to put forward a request that no other GM would have honored either and said, come out and talk, was completely transparent. And now we spend the next three days arguing about nonsense. And this is an educated hockey market, Maddie. You know that better than anybody. You're living right in the thick of it. People know what they're seeing, and instead of talking about the fact that, man, I, I don't know where Kerfoot fits right now, or I, I don't know what we do mm-hmm. with Justin Hall right now, mm-hmm. we're talking about nonsense. Kyle Dubas didn't come out and speak to the media. He was never gonna. It wasn't scheduled. It's it's Sunday night in Anaheim. No, he's not going to speak right now. I. These are the distractions that we get dragged into the mud over and then talk about for days. And it makes me crazy because there are legitimate beefs with how this team is built. I still think they're going to be fine. I still think they're a playoff team. We can argue all day whether they're better than last year or not, whether they'd have a better run against Tampa this time or not. We can have those discussions. But instead, it's just garbage that we get... You know, it, it's, we're going to talk about Mitch's tantrum, which is fine. And then the relationship with Keith and we're gonna, Kyle Dubas won't speak. And it's just, oh, it's just trash, Maddie. And it makes me fucking crazy. 
I, and I, I think that's I, I think that's it. And, may, and maybe this is why everybody and, and some people who have maybe held their head a little bit more together in past years have maybe you know tipped the scales a little bit more is because it just feels like if we're in Groundhog Day, and I'm not going to disagree with that, right? It's we're and like in you Groundhog said, it's Day. October. Like yeah. we can have this discussion again after they get eliminated from the playoffs, but everybody who said all summer, oh, I don't care till the playoffs, are right back rolling around yeah. in their own feces right now. So, uh, like, like you said, when why are we caring until the playoffs, right? right. Like, yeah, we know, we know. And I, I said this to a friend yesterday. I said, he's like, oh, I, I'm a little upset, but I'm trying not to be like to to care too much. I said that's the best thing you could do. Yeah. I said, in all honesty, I rather just like we talked about the other day, Matt. I said I'd rather them send Lilligren out with Sandine for God's sake sure, for five games. I said, if we lose f- those five games because of those guys, at least we know that doesn't work. Right. And at least they've and gathered w- some experience while we're at they've it. They've got and, some experience. Yeah. I said, and what's the worst thing that happens? I said, we finish third instead of second. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. In the NHL, it doesn't matter when you get to the playoffs. Hockey is the most randomized sport when it comes to well, Tampa started every series right? they played last year in the playoffs on the road. Still yep. went to the conference final or they the, uh, the Stanley fine. Cup final. And I get it. Toronto has not earned the respect that Tampa has earned, but it did not stop Tampa from taking a deep run. Nope. And that, like that was, I mean, God, I mean, obviously Tampa lost in the finals for sure. Yeah. But after game seven against Toronto, they steamrolled yeah. through the East. They steamrolled through the East. So if anybody with a bag or anybody on that side wants to argue, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah, we got we couldn't get out of the first round. But we got beat by the best team of the East. What are you going to do? You could play them if that year the Raptors got beat by Cleveland in six games. What was that, 2016? Yeah. I guess it was. Every Raptor fan thought we had done something. No, we just played Cleveland in the third round. <laughs> It didn't matter, right? The next year when we had to play them in the second round, guess what? We still lost to Cleveland. Well, and that's the context, right, that comes out of it is that Tampa series, they played Tampa hard and Tampa's a great team and, and maybe one of the best in the, the cap era and all that sort of thing. It doesn't matter when you just lost to Montreal and then you, the year before that you lost to Columbus and you like all that context matters, but in a... If you could look at the hey, world. And listen, listen. Yes, we did lose to Montreal, but last time I checked, they finished, uh, they went pretty far in that They playoff. also went to the final. I, look, I'm with you, Maddie. I, I'm, and I'm done, I think, to a certain extent. I'm done shitting on fans. I don't know if you had a chance to, to see it. Um, DGB, Down Goes Brown in The Athletic, wrote a great piece this week. And it was, he's, he makes no bones about it, despite writing for a national uh, platform. He's a Leaf fan. And he covers everything. He, he watches the rest of the league, and he's very, very good. But he uh, he wrote a, a fan that or wrote a piece this week that that to me was fair. It was legit. Why fans are fed up and frustrated and and whatever. It was a really well balanced piece. Myrtle and uh, and Jonah Siegel from the Athletic did a podcast that was really well balanced. That yeah, there are players not performing. But here's where Dubis is fucked up, and here's where Keefe is fucked up, and spreading it around instead of just picking one target and going, Barry Trotz, that'll fix it, right? Like, these sorts of things, you got other platforms that are literally, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, I'm this thing where I get all sarcastic and, and be shitty to other people. 
There is another platform earlier this week that was literally screaming at the top of their lungs, we're done! And that's why I'm at peace. Those things don't go together. You don't get to, <laughs> you don't get to scream and say, that's why I'm over yeah. it and that's why I'm at peace. Yeah. And another person on that same show saying, you know, this person has to go, this person has to go, this person has to go. And their own co-host saying, well, then who has to come in? You go, well, that's not my job. Well, if it's your job, if you're smart enough to say who has to go, then you have to also say what's going to come back under the cap, what's going to fix it. Like you can't, you can't just be the person out there poking holes and shitting all over anything and offering no solutions and claiming that that's a rational response. And, and to me, that's been the most frustrating part, Maddie, as much as, uh, we do this every year. And I, I, you and I've talked a bit, right? You and I are the guys who, who come in here after playoff games after game sevens and they've lost again and you allow yourself to melt down because another fucking year of this core has gone by and that's totally yes. fair but then i often check out a bit for at least the next round i'm sort of like i need to not watch as much of this and i'll probably be back for the conference finals or the cup finals or whatever but i need to get away from in october we can't be this fucked up right and and the fact that they won tonight against philly who are five and two, but most people pick to not be a very good team this year. We'll cool things off, right, for the next three well, days, sorry, sorry. and that's ridiculous. Matt, Matt, yeah, Matt, you, you just said it right there, though, right? You got a five and two Philly team that, oh, first of all, nobody picked to go far. No, they've got an entire, let's call it second line that's out injured at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, if we all expect them to regress to the mean. Mm-hmm. We also can't then take those intelligent glasses off and then look at our own team and go, oh my God, we're only four and four. There is going to be every, I can guarantee this. If you look back at every single team, the history of the NHL, <laughs> I guarantee you, you will find a 10 game streak where they just went five and five. Yeah. Right. And it, it yes, it's maybe it's more under but, but the, it's those you know, scars the microscope we're all wearing, because right? For sure. From previous years. If they went five and five over Christmas when everybody's getting drunk, nobody would know or care. No, you're right about that, Maddie. And that's all I'm saying consistently and always is it's a long season. These five, ten, guess what? There will be a three-game losing streak at some point. That happens. So coming right? into That's- tonight, right here, the the game, the the stretch that they had coming up was Philadelphia, who who no matter what we expected was five and two, right? They they yeah. were off to a good start. Philly, Boston, then Carolina on a back to back, then Vegas, and I forget who was next, but uh, Pittsburgh. If you had that any other time in the season, you'd go ah eh, two two and one through that stretch would be fine, right? Philly, yeah. Boston. Carolina, Pittsburgh, you'd be pretty happy against that group uh, and Vegas, excuse me, who's also off to a hot start. You go, yes, man, against, yeah, and, very uh, hot start, yeah. against that group, if you could go two, two and one, you'd be like, no problem, right? It's because you went four, four and two in October that you suddenly look at that next stretch and go, oh man, you got to go like four, oh and one, or you got to, that's not how this works, right? That's not realistic. Yeah. Those games behind you are lost, and that's frustrating, and that's annoying because there was a lot of bad fucking teams in there that you sure, lost to. yeah. But that doesn't yeah. mean that you can just suddenly expect everything else. And I know you're not saying that. Over the course of the season, this will correct itself, but you can't just suddenly expect, well, we'll smash Boston, Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Vegas. Yeah, you probably won't, right? Like, this you, is still going to be probably, a slog. No, you, you probably won't, 
but you won't get you crushed have, by them either. That's what I'm saying. Two, have, two, and one yeah. would be fine. You, right? you also have to expect that this team, if it's supposed to be a team that can compete, is going to look back at the last three weeks and go, "Well, we um, no, we didn't really shit the bed because we're 500, but we didn't really take didn't advantage. Light things on fire either. Yeah. And we we know we know there's a you know we know there's a match under everybody's ass in the organization right now and this year. Yeah. And right now, we have to step over up over the next couple games. Like, doesn't it just feel like to you, man? You were, you're, like I said, you're sitting down there in the middle of this shit, and you do have a healthier fucking perspective on it somehow than I do. But doesn't it feel <laughs> like the reaction we saw over the last three days is the reaction to a two five and one October, not a four four and two October? Like it, that's the that's, part. That, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And I understand at points the effort hasn't looked great. No, it hasn't. I, I, I get that. But you survived. I understand that. But you survived. Yeah. Right? And a lot of these goals, oh man, especially now West Coast swing, man, a lot of, I don't want to say bad luck, but it would be like, you know, Sandine makes a bad pinch. Hall just falls down. <laughs> and it's like, you just know what the it's puck's in going net. in that, in right? The net. You, you know it before it's happening. And maybe that would happen the same way for the Leafs. But well, even that, that overtime winner on Sunday in Anaheim, right? The puck yeah. just seconds before that is on the goal line. John Gibson makes yeah. the save of the season, and that's legit. Like, that all counts. And then it goes back the other way, and it's in your net. And you're like, well, fuck, right? Like, yeah. and yeah. it's oh, further at the other end. Yeah. We're not burning down the city. And... and that's it, right? Like, that goal will go in at some other point, yep. right? You're playing this over 82 games, yep. right? There's 30... But again, you look at today's game. Uh, they outshot them. It looked like they outplayed them for the most part. Um, again, it, it's the, the Leafs fans. We want them to outplay every team at the other shift. Guess what? That other team is also trying to win the game. And they smell blood coming into Toronto after that road trip going, these guys are fucking fragile. This fan base will yeah. turn on them in a second. We're going to fuck them up tonight. And they that was absolutely it. on the table tonight. They love playing in front. Most of these guys, whether they're from Toronto, lots of them, lots of they Ontario are kids. still from Ontario, still from Canada. They don't get maybe get to come up here a lot. They're probably seeing some friends and family. They want to play in front of them. Yep. You know how it's going to go. They're showing up every. And listen, if you're going to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, you have to understand that. And yeah, and if we don't have the right guys, then we don't have the right guys. But. These are the guys we're going to war that's with it. right that, now. That's the point I'm trying to get across to in, in this show, Maddie. Is I'm not saying this is all going to work out. That just because last year they had a slow start and then went whatever it was, right, 15 and two the next month or, or however it went. I'm not saying it's all fine. They're definitely going deep in the playoffs this year. I'm saying, man, it's it's just been a bit much this early, right? That's if if they go through this next five game stretch where I said you know two two and one would be acceptable, and they go one four and one or or one you know yeah. Yep. should probably be concerned, and, and we probably should be talking about whether Keith still has them. Like, there's clearly, clearly an issue between Mitch Marner and Sheldon Keefe right now. There's no reason to pretend that that's not a thing. We saw after the Arizona game that Mitch came out and was unhappy that, that Keefe had called out the elite players. Now we have the benching and the tantrum down the hallway, and honestly, in tonight's game, Mitch was not good. He looked like playoff like bad playoff Mitch where he's too tense, too up in, in like he was getting filled in a bit. There's something going on there and we're going to have to figure out, can this guy play either for Keith because of the relationship or like, um, 
I think it was Marner's second year in the league. He hadn't yet become a star, but it was clear he was going to be very good. And you'll remember this. Babcock put him on the fourth line for like eh, two or three games or whatever, trying to teach him, uh, you know, some responsibility, some accountability. And he never forgave Babcock for that, right? Never. Mm -hmm. And that relationship, for a lot of reasons, but that relationship was permanently fried. And you just wonder, at some point, like... I, I, no, I, I would only say, like, again, contextually, it, like, <laughs> yeah, con- contextually, we know a lot of guys don't like Babcock. Yep, that's true. We, but now we're we seeing know, it again with a new coach, and it's Mitch again in the middle of it, and you're at some point you're kind of like, you know what, man? It's hard to play in this market. I get that. But do you want to be here or not? Because this is the way it's always going to be. It will always be hard in yeah. Toronto. We talk about... Like, a lot of people love Willie, a lot of people hate Willie. Willie's one of those guys who just doesn't give a fuck, right? He walks out, rolls off his shoulder, he's done, he doesn't care what the media thinks. Austin Matthews, when the media asks him certain questions, you can see he's rolling his eyes, he kind of shrugs his shoulders, he's like, that's, fuck, All right, whatever. (laughs) Mitch cares, and he wears this stuff a lot, and... You know, I I said on uh, on Twitter, you can follow us if you want, at Tall Can Audio, he went down the, um, when Keith benched him on Sunday, I thought a shift or two, and, you know, you're probably back out there. No problem, I'll have sent my message. Once you get up and leave the bench, and go smash your stick, and then come back, you knew the cameras would find that. You knew that point would get out and get made, you can fucking sit there for the rest of the night now. Like, the, that's a time where Keith has to take a bit of a stand, and he didn't. He goes, all right, you can get back out there. And I get it. At one point, you're leading, and then you're not, so you suddenly you're trying to bail this out, and Mitch has got to play. But you'd have made a stronger point, I think, if he just let him sit there. I, I think... I don't think we have to pretend that Mitch and Keith are on the same page right now, because they're clearly not. And that's But that's okay. I, I just want to make this clear, right? It's okay not to be good with everybody. In fact, I actually think this team might actually be better if they weren't all buddy buddy. I think it might be okay a if more they're fuck just fuck you in the locker room. Doesn't have to be like fuck you with the locker room, but listen, I'm not the biggest proponent of hey, I really miss the 2006 Maple Leafs as much as some people still talk about. Actually, I'm sure some people in Twitter still have a picture of Darcy Tucker fucking plastered to the ceiling above their bed in their fucking parents' basement Feeling where they're probably still living. Feeling it too. <laughs> Let's not pretend, um, though, that we didn't love Tucker and Roberts and what they brought to the... But that's not this no, team, right? No, and, but that's that's not what I'm, go, I'm going at here, right? I okay. mean, there's some ways that people talk about this team and say, well, if Tucker was on this team, guess what, guys? Darcy Tucker didn't win us any fucking thing. Mm-hmm. He didn't do it's anything. It's true. Nothing. Oh, he got to the second round. Great. Yeah. Doesn't fucking matter. Right, it it really it, under Gary it's the Roberts, same people. Danny if you're if you're using that argument, if it doesn't matter if you don't win in the playoffs, guess what? That team didn't do anything either, except the one year that Gary Roberts, with one shoulder and no legs, literally dragged them yeah, to you, play Carolina. All of a sudden, Alan McCauley's your number one center with Gary Roberts just willing them through the playoffs. Just Gary Roberts, <laughs> I don't know what got in him that year, what steroids or PEDs he was on, but he just dragged <laughs> that team right through. I think but he'll I can tell, tell you, tell it's you kale. listen, well, he'll tell you a kale, but I can tell you what the rest of the team was on. Okay. I can tell you what the rest of the team was on every goddamn night. You want to know why Darcy Tucker played like that? 
Hey, you, you, you got a hundred mind. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a hundred bucks? <laughs> I can, I can get you on the same stuff. So it, listen, it's that, that's where I like kind of draw my line in the sand. Cause you're right. We all loved them. We all, it was great, but that team also didn't love each other. Right. No, they're sleeping Thor- with each other's wives. They're sleeping with each other. <laughs> Never mind. They were sleeping with each other's wives. You got guys like Darcy Tucker and Shane Corson who are fighting each other. I, I know a story person firsthand working in the bar, <laughs> very expensive place in Yorkville. I'm not sure if it survived the COVID or not, but right. was one of the higher end places in Yorkville. And you know how sometimes restaurants have like a nice fancy decor of wine bottles at the front with kind of like a glass window. Yeah. yeah. He I'm not allowed Shane, in those places, but I have seen yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Neither is Shane Corson because he got thrown through it on a Wednesday night. We're not talking like 2 a.m. on Saturday. We're talking Wednesday night. Yeah. You know, with all the Bay Street bankers gets thrown through it. And I asked the, you know, the, the person I know, she's like, ah, every, nobody wanted to get in there, obviously, because who's going to get in between those two? Yeah. She's like, you know what they're doing and what they're on. She's like, nope. Plus they're hammered. Yeah. You know, I same same person I know was also serving down at Harbor 60 at that point. And she would she told me all the guys. She's like, oh, yeah. Remember? Remember uh, that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Hammered before the game. How do you know? I used to serve him before the game. <laughs> OK, so, yeah, we, we can go down Matt's that memory lane on this episode. <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying too much. No, no names. Yeah. More, more than I know. Yeah. Right. But like we. That team had a lot of issues. <laughs> Let's say that, right? That team had yeah. a lot of issues. And you're and right, though. They didn't I'm win okay shit either, right? It's... But they also didn't win shit. But I'm okay with, listen, not everybody on a team should be kumbaya all the team or all the time, right? Yeah. Like, I think part of that with the, the Jays this summer, right? With the Charlie Montoya bango, you know, banging the bongos. <laughs> hey, everybody, kumbaya. It, it's okay to a point. But you need to have a little competition. You need to have a little, you know, whether it's, and maybe the biggest problem with this team is, you know, at least mostly for the last two, three years, who your top six is. Nobody's banging on the door. Nobody's trying to take that. No, you're right about that. that I think that's the problem. Let me ask you this, just, just on a brief aside, Bo and Mitch. Same, uh, same vibes, man. Same. I, I think. Oh man, I didn't want. I could sense it. I didn't want you to go there. Um, I think you look between the two teams. Oh. You know, Vladdy and Austin maybe are your your two kingpins. And then you got they got a little more swagger yeah, too, a little bit got, more like presence. Bo can be rattled, right? Bo doesn't like being called out. Bo reacts a certain way, and and I don't know. I, I there's some mitts there, man. I, ooh, I know, and you know what? Both both being very young, I think. Oh, I, 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 I think, hate to say I have a little more faith in Bo than I do Mitch, but there's some, I, there's I see a, there's the similarities. Comparison I there. see yeah. it. I yeah. see it. I see it. I don't know how good Bo Bichette is at like, uh, whatever that, uh, game is that, uh, Mitch Marner plays on, uh, on Xbox oh. or PlayStation, <laughs> whatever that is. God of war or like one sure. of those other sniper one ones games. Yeah. 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 But it, I think any, it, yeah. I think there's a comparison there. Let me ask you this, man. Cause you mentioned the top six. And look, they're kind of locked in, right? You you designed the team this way, knowing your top four at least have to carry you, right? Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and Tavares yeah. are going to be the guys who have to yeah. get it done. And then you're going to fill in around that for different roles and stuff. And look, we I, I think a lot of us thought 
when Nick Robertson arrived and uh, finally got his chance, he scores two goals in his, uh, you know, the his season oh, debut. Sure. You're like, all right, well, this kid's here, and and you know, he, he's not going to keep up this pace, obviously, but maybe he's the piece that fits in with with Tavares and Delander, and he starts to to slip a bit and he slides back down. It, it's not always a straight line up, so I'm not worried about the kid yet. But that's not the answer. We've seen Kerfoot with Tavares and Nylander a thousand times. It doesn't really work, but they don't have a better spot yet for um, for Kerfoot. They don't seem to love him at center. And uh, look, Marner and Matthews at this point haven't really clicked together yet. We know they do work. We've seen it before, but so far it's not clicking. Keith has said, you know, if it doesn't come together, we'll mix it up. At this point, though, we know the numbers are always bad. For some reason, when JT plays with Willie... It doesn't yep. work. They get buried a little bit on the, the advanced metrics, and that's why they keep trying. You know, last year, Willie would go down and play with Kampf and Ingvall, or Willie will play in the middle, and they'll try something else. Why won't they just try, just for a while, just to get everybody going, put Willie with Matthews and Mitch back with oh, JT? and we that, know that works. We do know that, that works. works. For, uh, we've seen it over and over, and, and JT's first year in Toronto where he puts up 47 goals, that's with Mitch. Mitch is half the reason John Tavares, like apparently was a big part of the video package, right, to get JT to even show up uh, and sign with Toronto. I don't care yeah. about the other side, right? Do you, do you, maybe Mitch, maybe JT just moves right into Matthew's spot, has bunting on the other side as well with Marner. Matthews is going to be fine with with Willie and then whatever you want to do on the other side. I I don't know why they won't do it, man. And it, it seems to be, again, a little more, man. I, I got to tell you, it feels like we don't want to upset Mitch. Mitch likes to play with Matthews. Yeah. Those guys like yep. to play together. And there's a bit of Matthews too, but Matthews just seems to roll with it a bit more, whereas Mitch takes it personally and he kind of... Even last year, right, when Matthews was hurt, Tavares would move up and play between Marner and Bunting, and he looked really good there. I, I don't understand why, just for five or ten games while we're trying to get out of this, get everybody going on the same page, make that one flip, they just, I, I really think they just don't want to piss off Mitch. It definitely starts to feel like that, right? And I, I think that's the one thing, and you know I have not been on the side of touch the core for. Because I think as much as we do need more grit and I do think we need a little bit better skilled checkers. I don't think we just need, you know, grinders, but we need skilled checkers yeah. and maybe more than we need that. Cause our team is pretty good at checking, but you know, we need, I think where this team can make, um, let's say, uh, skill down a level is maybe go with like, you know, your fifth and sixth defenseman that as long as they're quick can just be, you know, big guys, they don't have to do fucking much. You just want guys to put elbows yeah, in the like sternum. When Bogosian was in there, he was fine, right? It's, Bogosian was yeah. a good example, right? Um, Labushkin, Labushkin, bad example. Well, see, to me, example, I thought he, he was... He yeah, skate. but... He's, no, the he's problem, like out there. I'll tell you, my problem with Labushkin was he could have played on our third pair. They kept pairing him with Morgan Riley on your top pair. That wasn't going to sure. work. If yeah. you'd have put him back on the third pair, he'd have been fine, in my opinion. That's to do a job, right? Yeah, but then you're also not going to pay him what he's getting paid. No, in, of course in, not. Uh, I'm not sorry. saying and wait, that. <laughs> and before that, you're not get, you're not going to pay him what uh, Buffalo is paying him to yeah, Buffalo be the seventh defenseman in your press box. No, either, I, I, by he the was way. he was totally within his rights to leave. Buffalo's paying him two and a half times what Toronto 
was able to yep. pay him. That's totally legit. But when he was here last year, if he'd have played on your third pair, you'd have loved that guy. The fact they kept putting him on the first yeah. pair with Riley, you're like, holy fuck, this is a disaster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I'll agree with you on that That's for fair. sure, right? Um, now, now, what one thing I was going to say is, yeah, like we can agree we want to be maybe a little bit grittier. We want to pick those guys up. I always think you can pick those guys up a lot easier than you can pick up your, I don't know, your 100-point score or this your 50-goal score, been, dude, right? This is point, right? This, Get the skill because you can find the rest of it later. Yeah. You have to keep the guys you got, quite frankly, and you build around them. That's what you do. That makes sense. Once you have, you got to get the talent and then you can go yes. find the penalty killers and the gritty guys yes. and the shot blockers yes. and whatever. But if you only have the shot blockers and the hitters and the penalty killers and not, you don't have the talent yet, yeah. you're fucked. You're, you're gone. You're a really, you're you're a really good nowhere. seventh place team. Yeah. yeah. Every year, right? Yeah. Now, that being said, Sometimes you get these guys who are super talented who just don't fit the team. Mm -hmm. And I think this season is a referendum. And I thought, you know, most people would have thought it was going to be Willie, but it's not. It's a referendum on Mitch and whether he can cut it in this, in this market and what goes on with him. Right. And again, they he will throw all up. the money they have at Matthews. They will keep oh, Matthews. Of course. John Tavares. Because he is a generational talent. Just Matthews. because of his contract alone. Even if you wanted to get rid of JT, you won't. He has a no-move clause, all these sorts of things. He's staying as well. So it comes down to Willie and Mitch. And quite frankly, Willie's a better value for his contract than Mitch is yes. for his. and. Mitch is a very good player. If you trade Mitch tomorrow, he will spend the next twelve years putting up a hundred points a year somewhere else. Yeah, that's going. So you got to be, you have to be okay with that. Yep. Now, does that mean you can't turn him into something uber that valuable? Fits I heard better in your yeah your plan. If it's better in your plan, right, right, and I, I think that would be the case with him because you know he's not going to just turn into a pumpkin. No, you're looking to make a player. trade. Like most trades should be, is it's a win for you and it's a win for me. Those are the best trades. I know every every fan base wants to fleece everybody, but that's not real. That's not realistic, or at least how yeah, it starts no, you're, out. Right? You're looking at doing, and and just because they were in town tonight, you're looking at doing Marner for Konechny and Sandheim or something like that, right? A good yeah. top four defenseman and a good top six winger, but one that is more. Darcy Tucker, like, quite frankly, yeah, right? gets in. You're looking, you're looking for probably, and... literally three. You're probably looking for three guys. I'd say you're looking for maybe even a top, you know, minimum top three defenseman. You're right. You're looking for a guy who's a little sand, like a little more sandpaper. And still score twenty five. Yeah, and you're still probably looking for a prospect or somebody in the minor leagues who could potentially, you know, give you your. 70 you, points. Yeah, you're you're trading, you're not looking, you know when you trade Marner away, you're not getting a Marner back. You're getting a slight step down, but with different qualities and then another piece or two or something. Yep. That has yep. to be the way if you're going to. I don't think, Maddie. I think, I, I think you're right, that this season is the referendum. They're, they're not going to, short of this thing going right off a cliff over yes. the next couple yep. of weeks. They're going to go this season with that top four. I, I agree with you. That at some point, whether it's because Muzzin isn't coming back or uh, Matt Murray isn't coming back, they will use LTIR to bring in another piece or two, either on the blue line or up front. And quite frankly, they need both, right? They need a top six winger and they need 
a uh, a defenseman who can kind of play a four five role. Um, yeah, and but I. I and short of this going right off a cliff, none of the big four are being traded. I think anyone else, literally anyone else, could be traded this year if if they're kind of teetering on the edge of things. Yeah, and I, I think it's oh man, no, okay. Yes, if it goes off a cliff, hundred percent. The eighteen wheeler analogy because well, it might still, not be Kyle you know, anymore, right? Shanny or Kyle yeah. or whatever. Everybody could have been punted right out the fucking door, and the next guy. I, might... I, I but I, I would also say there's an opportunity that just Mitch goes off the cliff. Yeah. Right. If, if if Mitch doesn't assimilate, if he does not look to be part of this team, yep. if he continues to throw temper tantrums or insinuate things in the media, force the coach or, to go back out and apologize to him. Yeah. He will be on a flight. He will be on a flight to Arizona. He will be a flight to Minnesota. He will be on a flight somewhere on the West Coast. Yeah. You know, and, and that's just the, what, what's going to happen, right? He will Coyote's be on a, on a flight space. to the West Coast. They got the cap space. <laughs> Clayton um, coming back. I, yeah. I heard I heard they've got room in the dressing room. <laughs> it's an expandable <laughs> dressing room, what I heard. Ring out another couple curtains. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, Maddie. we could go round and round on this all night. Why don't we touch on the Raptors here before we get out of here because they're off to an interesting start as well. And... Uh, Look, you and I talked about this before the season started, that it was going to be an interesting start. They were going to have a couple of weird, uh, you know, teams coming in, playing two at a time, which yep. is one of those things the NBA was starting. I didn't realize it was going to happen quite so fast, but it has already. <laughs> right up the go, yep. Uh, tonight they laid an absolute beatdown on the Spurs, at least last we looked. Uh, yep. You know, what did uh, what have you made of the first couple of weeks of the Raptors Again, season? I, they, they, I mean, the Raptors were three and two. No Raptor fans were just burning jerseys yet. You know, like... <laughs> You know, again, understand. Nobody went and down again, the there aisle were, and there were some. There were some and, tough losses. There were some tough losses. Some wins we should have had. You know what the difference is? They've won a title, right? <laughs> Three years ago, they won a championship. Everybody will cut you some slack. <laughs> Give that. I will. I will cut this audio and bring it back up to you if the Leafs ever win, dude. If the I Leafs win a cup, any time in the next this year, three years, five years, whatever, they can do whatever they want for literally the I entire get, rest of my life. I, I, Oh, your life. I guarantee you <laughs> TSN the next week would be like, can the Leafs survive with Mitch Marner making this much money? <laughs> I guarantee, I will bet everything uh, on it. This is one of the things that we've talked about, right, with the coverage of the Leafs as we kind of end up back on that, as we inevitably do. If the Leafs went all the way to the Stanley Cup final this year and lost in Game 7 the next morning the talk would be how the defense needs to be revamped yeah. or the goaltending was. Sometimes shit just doesn't go your way, even when you're that good all the way through. There are column inches. There are radio hours. There are TV shows dedicated entirely to make sure there's something interesting to say about the Leafs. <laughs> Otherwise, people won't watch. They're the ratings driver. That's the way it goes. That, that's what it is. And we, we, we know this. Now, on the other side of town. Yes. Or the other side of the arena. Other side of the arena, yes. Our Raptors, listen, they won by like 40, 43 points today. It's a big night. They're sitting, they're sitting okay, five and three. You know, what did we talk about at the beginning of the season? I, I was thinking about this when we decided we are going to have our call. Yeah. I said, do not trust Brooklyn. 
Fuck said, There's no way. I said, do not trust Brooklyn because we just don't know. They're crazy, man. They're they're nuts. How are they doing? They're two and six. They fired their coach. They fired they're gonna Nash. they're gonna bring in a coach who's suspended for the year with another team for having sex with a subordinate. Oh shit. Yeah, that's a good one for the listeners. Kyrie's uh, out there sharing anti-Jew movies oh and then being God. like, why are you questioning me on this? Like, uh, it's just a thing I posted on my Instagram. It's no big deal. Yeah. It's what the fuck? a shit show. Yeah. It's a shit show. And I said, that is the one thing. I don't care how much skill they have over the last three years. That team has shown you nothing, but we can be, we can out shit show our talent. <laughs> okay. And I said, Hey, what about Philly? I said, the only thing about Philly you got to watch those injuries. They're sitting there four and five. I know it's early in the season. They're yeah. four and five. Who is leading the Atlantic division right now? You're Toronto Raptors at five and three again, very early, <laughs> but there, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of runway, but just, uh, you know, good, at least start to the season, those predictions. What else did I tell you? I said, take the under, under on wins, yeah. golden state and the Lakers. Yeah. Oh, the Lakers. And golden state God. is, Golden State is three and five. Yeah, that that's going under the radar because the Lakers have been so bad. Yes, Golden State is three and five right now. The Clippers are only four and four, but our Lakers, our favorite team, the Lakers, were zero and five until they finally won last night. So, um, what this? I want to ask you man, just quickly bad, before we get back basketball. to the to the Raptors. Let me ask you about Kawhi because we just saw more of the load management thing. Yeah, that 2019 title. Was that the last great gasp of Kawhi's career? Like I, I know he's had it some moments here more and there, and more like it. but man, he looks. And, and, he can't play you know, he a had, season anymore. Not even he close. had the AC, he had the ACL tear. I mean, it obviously takes a year to rehab. Yeah. Like like truthfully, and rehab well, it takes a year. It's unfortunate he was doing pretty well that first season when you know COVID happened and fucked a lot of people up, yeah. a lot of players up. Yeah. He does not look like the same guy. He he just doesn't. And and Paul George is not the same guy since the COVID season. Something happened there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mentally, there was a switch that went off with him. Um, for a lot of us, man. <laughs> for, for a lot of us. He just did it on national TV, yes, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, that, is, that is a team that is deeply in trouble. The Lakers are in deep trouble. Um, that being said, I mean, the West is wide open. Yeah. Wide open. Everybody thought Portland could not make the playoffs. They're five and one, sitting in uh, second place right now. So, man, bas- basketball is a little bit more all over the place. A little more fun because we don't have the again, like you said, the scars maybe of the Leafs. But uh, I don't know. Rap- Raptors are they're a little bit of a fun team right now. Scotty Barnes they has been are. filling a little bit in some other positions that maybe we weren't expecting, or at least I wasn't expecting yeah. this year. He looks to be and, off to a good start. Uh, yeah. Now we did we did talk about that a little bit in, in our little uh, Raptors preview, and that yeah. you know he would be playing a little point guard, right? Um, I don't think we expected Fred Quite Van Lee this... to be out already. No, uh, but he he is, and so we are getting a little bit of Scotty on the on the point. Um, and you know we talked a lot about how this front court is going to be used like a Swiss army knife. And that's exactly what we're seeing, right? Every day seems to be a different front court. Part of that has to do with some injury concerns, but Boucher is back. Kim Birch is back in. Coloco has been a revelation mm-hmm. at his age and his skill level. Um, you know, we're getting precious has maybe been a little underwhelming. If anything, at this point, I think everybody was expecting him to make that, make a little bit of a jump. Right. But that being said, the biggest jump, 
and apologies to all the Scotty fans out there, Pascal Siakam. Off to a hell of a start, man. He is putting up historic numbers. Yeah. It is him and Luka Doncic in the league right now, as far as statistics go. This guy is tearing up the league. ESP, I can't remember if it's ESPN or SportsCenter, whoever did it. They're top five MVP candidates after the first three weeks. And Pascal was sitting wow. there at five. So he's getting national attention. And you can't deny, I mean, they are beating people up, you know, and he is very tough to stop right now. So what would you say, you know, just about strength of schedule? Is this about where you would have expected them after the start, you know, after the schedule that they had? Or have they kind of over you know, overachieved your yeah. expectations this far. No, I, I mean, looking into the season, I would be pretty happy if they were here, right? You had two, two you know, you already had two back-to-backs on the road or one back-to-back on the road, sorry, the back-to-back against Philly here. Right. Um, unfortunately, they did drop the game that Embiid didn't play. That seemed a little bit like a matchup issue, like they were preparing to play him and just a little bit of a letdown after that. Yeah. Uh, but I think they're basically where they need to be. They're where they need to be. Like we talked about, their their big schedule is going to be, I think it's like after the 17th or 18th of December. And for two, three weeks there, that's their murderer's row where they're going to have to. And again, in my mind, that was the murderer's row before the season. We'll see what that looks like with some of these teams. You know, I'm including yeah, teams like Golden Blue State and, and Lakers. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Milwaukee. Um, Milwaukee's obviously owed to a 7-0 run. Um, listen, Cleveland is the second best team in the East right now, 6-1. to one. Their okay. only loss is to the Raptors. Yeah. So the Raptors can bang with the best of them. I think, like we said at the beginning of the season, this is somewhere between a 3-5 to five seed. Um, anything less than that is going to be disappointing. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and I'm sticking to that. I, I think this team has shown nothing. They have the most clutched minutes in the league, um, and that is indicative of the fact that even though the games they've lost have been close, you know, and they've been working at it. Uh, anything you want to pimp around the switch club or anything before we get out of here, Matty? Oh, buddy. Um, geez. Caught me off guard there. Uh, what are we pimping? Yeah. Check out switch club. We're just looking at, you know, especially, you know, getting beginning of the season. We're looking at the guys who are doing well. Can we pick up some cards? Can we not pick up cards? Who should we sell? Who should we be collecting? We always want to know everybody else's opinion, what they're collecting as well. So that's kind of the fun stuff. Um, and yeah, let's keep it to the fun stuff today. And, uh, you know, if anybody knows those people on Sportsnet doing those sports betting things, I'm always available, right? That's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got it. Like Sportsnet, you can tell, eh? they're still tinkering. How do we, how do we do this? And you're getting like those, um, in the middle of the hockey games, like not even during intermission, you get cabby popping up, right? And it's like, here's the bet, here's whatever. And then it always yeah. ends with now back to the game you love. And you're like, Okay, so you are aware that I I love the game. Right. So, yeah, I don't know what to make of that either. Right. I I think I tweeted this at one point, or maybe I just texted you. I can't remember. I was like, I could never in my life have imagined imagined a scenario where you've made Cabby annoying. Like, Cabby's amazing. And yet, here he is popping up in the middle of my. I, I, I think there's a place for this stuff, man. Clearly, people are big into the sports betting. But they're still, they're just all over the map trying to figure this out in terms of where to put it and how to properly, I almost wonder if this doesn't have to become like a, another one of those like second screens, almost like the Manning cast or something, right? Where it's more focused on those people who want to be into that. I'm not really sure yet. Clearly, 
it it's less irritating if I'm being honest. It's less annoying than it was last spring, but they're still. You can tell they're still trying to figure this out and exactly how. Yeah, how yeah, and, I, and 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 oh, geez, as much of a degenerate gambler as you know I am, um, I quickly turn that stuff off, right? Because the last thing I want to do is hear some. You know, he might be entertaining, but the guys they've got trying to talk yes. about betting just seems slimy and a little bit hackish and. <laughs> You know, you're not really, I, I always think that like the NFL had done it well before things were super legal. You know, they kind of hint at it, but not really push you towards it. Now it just seems like such a sleazy, make sure you're betting. Well, you know, you can bet between like, the games. the commercials are still like, yeah, I know. Like, and I'm not a big better, right? Like the, they still talk like, want to bet inside a game that's already started? And they paint that like it's this revelation. You're like... I, that's been going on for what six months now. At li- like it, <laughs> even in Ontario, right? Like you're just like, yeah. Please stop trying to make that sound like a mind blowing <laughs> thing that I could do. Like, yeah, that's we all, there we all have your we all have your apps and you have all our identification. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> no, you're right about that. It's always it's always cabbie and then some virgin that is living in his mom's basement. <laughs> 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 It is what it is, right? So uh, we'll let the good listener know again. A quick reminder that our buddy Graham Nichols is going to be in studio for the first time on Sunday afternoon. That's going to be a lot of fun. Graham's a big craft beer guy as well, so uh, I know he's going to be down to uh, to check all that out. Matty, uh, we covered a lot of ground here tonight, covered a lot of frustrations, covered a lot of, uh, I don't know, the rap is at least keeping everybody happy right now. So uh, appreciate you doing this, man. Exactly, and I promise you and the good listeners next time I'll come with something a little bit better than Coors Light. God, I hope so, man. You're uh, <laughs> you're treading thin here. This is <laughs> just lie to me, man. That's all I'm asking, and just lie to me. I wouldn't have known, right? Oh no, this Jesus. is something new from Henderson's left field. What am I? <laughs> Yeah, uh, we'll wind this one down here. Um, like I said, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Wherever you're hearing us right now, there's a follow button. There's a subscribe button. Go ahead and hit that. Uh, we'll make sure as many of Maddie's social media handles as possible Appreciate up it. in the show notes. But uh, yeah, check out the Swish Club on your uh, your social media feeds. At Matt Does Physio uh, on Instagram. At Matthew Lang on Twitter. There, there's a bunch of them. Man. We'll, <laughs> we'll get them all laid down. Uh, always appreciate it. We are always, uh, you know, far more simple than that. Anywhere that there is social media, it's at Talkian Audio. Just give us a follow there. Uh, we'll wind this one down for tonight. For uh, Maddie Lang, my name's Matt Robinson. We'll catch you all next time. What the hell is that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy?